of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What I was thinking uh, as we were going to break, and I was saying, hey, we're talking about everything but the Browns, and then here we are. What are we going to do? We're going to talk about the Browns with Daryl Ryder, Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan. You know what the Browns are like? They're like that that scene in The Godfather, when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. That's what the Browns do, right? You think you get away, but you can't. Imagine you were a season ticket holder. Oh, Did you see, by the way, what season ticket holders got? For being season ticket holders, have you seen what the Browns have gave out to season ticket holders? No. Look at this. Okay, I'm going to show you, and then we'll bring Daryl Ryder in. This is what season ticket holders got: painter's cap, two painter's caps, and a plastic license plate holder. Score. That's what season ticket holders. Because last hey. night at Monday Night Football, I had a bunch of uh, you know Brown season ticket, and they showed me. Look what we got for being season ticket now holders. Now it all makes sense. Now I know why they asked for our lanyards back when we were at training camp. They did. They're, can you turn those back in after you leave, guys, or when you're done with the show today? They gave out painter's caps and a plastic Browns license plate holder saying thank you to season ticket holders this year. Good item. Yeah, it's a good item. Great item. All right, let's talk some Browns football right now. Let's go to the hotline and bring in uh, outstanding Browns beat reporter, God bless him, for 92.3 The Fan, the Browns Radio Network, Daryl Ryder. D, how are you today, my friend? I have two things for you. Number one, you had to turn in the lanyards because See? I've nicknamed their training facility the penitentiary. <laughs> it is more secure than the penitentiary. Wow. Yeah. And secondly, yeah. a buddy of mine sent me this meme. Watching the Browns play is like watching the movie Titanic every Sunday and rooting for the ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. The king of the world. You know the outcome, Woo! but you still root for that ship not to sink. That is, that's fantastic, Daryl. <laughs> Give him uh, two thumbs up from the I Kenny and JT it. show, all right? Man. Wow, that's good. All right, D. Um, two and five. I... I Two and five, Daryl. Two and five. I, I know Deshaun Watson hasn't played, but two and I mean, easy part of the schedule. Two, Daryl. Two and five. I, I don't know what else to say, but two and five. I can only laugh at this point because I mean, look. Uh, isn't this how it always goes? I guess you know what, uh, we're we're. We're, we're back to normal from COVID, and, and so the Browns are back to normal, right? I mean, that's <laughs> COVID comes, right. the Browns get good. COVID leaves, or right. we stop paying attention to it, and the Browns are back to normal. So, I, I, uh, I mean, it, is, it was the easiest part of the schedule. They gave games away early in the season. You knew. Uh, that they were going to come back and bite them in the backside, and, and that's what happened. And, and that's what makes a loss like Sunday hurt even more and be more significant, and you just can't brush it off because they gave away so many games earlier in the season. So they, they've dug their grave. Uh, they're not going to be able to dig out of it. Uh, the only thing that 
pretty much you have to look forward to now is Deshaun coming back and what this offense may or may not end up looking like uh, with him right. and preparing for next year. And for the folks that are saying, well, you know, well, yeah, because they can carry it into next year. Well, 2020 didn't carry into 2021. And the, at least on the defensive side of the ball, 2021 didn't carry into 2022. So there is no such thing as carryover when you talk about the Browns from year to year. Well, we know we can't talk about, you know, a terrible record. And normally this time of year, we're talking about who's going to be our next head coach, who's going to be our number one draft pick. We don't have one yet. But what we do know is this, Daryl, trade deadline is a week from today, an hour ago at four o'clock next Tuesday. Do you think they're going to trade anybody, try to garner assets to maybe get back into the first round or better yet, make this team better this year? Well, the, the players that they have that could get them a first-round pick, they are not going to trade. Hmm. So uh, they're not going to get a first-round pick. They probably won't get a second-round pick. The, tra- the players that they could trade, Kareem Hunt, Jadavian Clowney, maybe one of their corners, you're getting fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh-round picks for those guys. Wow. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not getting first, second, and third-round picks for those guys. Is there so, anybody untouchable? Is, is Miles Garrett untouchable? Because if you would trade yeah. Miles Garrett, would you get a first-round pick for him? Yeah, but you're not trading Miles Garrett. Okay. Why, why would you trade Miles Garrett? Well, if you could get multiple first-round picks for him. Because, I mean... because you could make one tackle every three games. I know he's well, the all-time sack leader, Daryl, but and I've tried to defend him, but you know this player of the year crap—he's not even close. Okay, and, and so I, I've stopped defending him, and uh, I know, thank God, he's okay from the car accident, and, and I'm happy for that. Seriously, I am. But even before that, it was like I'm sorry. He to me, he hasn't lived up to the expectations right. he's put on himself when he talks about wanting to be defensive player Darryl, of the year. And I, obviously, I'm being a little bit know. facetious, but I look at this team and I say, okay, there's so many other holes right now that a defensive end who isn't a game changer might garner more attention on the open market, and you might be able to get more. I mean, we need receiver help. We need defensive line help, maybe even linebacker help. And if you could get more for a Miles Garrett, doesn't it even make sense to at least explore that option? Yeah, but then what do you do to replace him? Then then you're going to be complaining because you have no pass rush whatsoever. Hmm. Like, he, he literally is, you know – when Jadavian's not out, like he's the only guy worth paying attention to on the defensive line. Like, you know, opponents actually have to game plan for him and he's getting double and, and triple teams. So I understand what you're saying as far as the production goes, Yeah. but when you're constantly having to fight double and triple teams on a weekly basis, cause you're the only dude on the offense on the defensive line that's worth paying attention to that's on the GM. Like the fact that they didn't invest in defensive tackle this year was like an egregious mistake on Andrew Barry's part and gross roster mismanagement. Um, you know, uh, the, you know, so, I mean, that, that's just where I, I mean, if you trade miles Garrett, you open up a can of worms that, that has taken you like the, the Browns, the Browns have not had a pass rusher like miles Garrett in like 40 years. Okay. Mm. So, uh, again, I understand the frustration with his production, but I'm just telling you, he's the closest thing 
to an impact defensive lineman this franchise has had in January in generations. All right, Daryl. Daryl Ryder, our guest here, Browns beat reporter 92.3 The Fan, as well as the Browns Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter, at WriterWrongFan. That's R-U-I-T-E-R, WrongFan. Uh, and get his uh, input each and every day on the Browns as he's out at practice or at the games. And Daryl... JT mentioned the trading deadline next week. Well, after Monday night's game, it is also the bye week, which usually means let's evaluate the team uh, at the bye and see either A, we're going to trade somebody, B, we're going to trade for somebody, or C, get rid of somebody on the coaching staff, Daryl. And uh, I've been a proponent of firing both Joe Woods and Mike Prefer uh, at various points this season. Um, do you think if they're two and six going into the bye, one of those two gets the axe? No, really? they're they're not making in season changes. I would be stunned if they fired someone in season. Um, I'm actually going to defend Joe Woods, okay? Uh, because I, I think it comes down to the players. Uh, you know, Joe Woods can't go out there and play the game for the players. Now, um, yes. It's his job to get the guys prepped, and they sh- and the players should be knowing what they're doing. But I-, I put that on the players. At some point, the players have to give a you-know-what about what they're doing, and they have to pay attention to detail. Did Joe Woods call a bat? Was Joe Woods terrible on Sunday in in limiting Lamar Jackson the way they did? Is that Joe Woods' fault? Like, no. I mean, so I, I just I Mike Prefer can go. Yeah, I'm all for getting rid of that guy. I don't care if he's a Browns fan or not. <laughs> right. Like the next special teams play the Browns make will be their first. Wow. Uh, the the punt return wow. unit is a joke. Um, the kickoff return unit is a joke. Uh, the place kicking unit is inconsistent with a rookie kicker, and that's not good. Um, he has done nothing, as far as I'm concerned, uh, to 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 warrant still having his job, but Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry don't like in-season change. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Kevin Stefanski won't even change his lineup. How many times have we seen Grant Delpit blow plays out there, but Grant Delpit is still on the field all the time. Like if, if he won't even change lineups, what makes you think he's going to change a a member of the coaching staff? Now, as far as trades go, um, look, I, I think regardless of the outcome of Monday's game, they should trade Kareem Hunt. They should take Tredavian Clowney's temperature about whether or not he wants to come back next year. If it's a no, then you should trade him too and try and get what you can for guys that you might actually have a little value for, with right. and that are not going to be part of your future. Like Kareem Hunt, clearly not part of their future because Andrew Berry has drafted a running back, it seems like, every freaking year. Mm. And they don't need running backs. Um so uh, I think that that's the approach they should take during the bye week is that anybody that is not part of the future is available to be traded. And if the UK, cause they have to, they, they have to acquire draft capital because they went all in on a roster that we're starting to figure out mm-hmm. isn't nearly as good as we thought it was. I agree with that. Yeah. And I also look at these coaching uh, moves that we want to make Kevin and I anyway, and the, the only thing that I almost disagree with with the Joe Woods' assertion is the fact that if the coaches don't hold the players accountable for anything and they don't reprimand them for things like penalties, uh, not creating turnovers, or basically not doing their job, then isn't that in turn a problem with the coaching staff? Well, uh, uh, 
look, if you fire a guy, you got to replace him. And there's no one at what unit, uh, what, what position group on the Browns is playing well enough to warrant that guy taking over the defense. None. Right. So again, it's easy to say fire someone now, but then you got to replace them and you got to get through what, what they got left nine games now or something like that. Mm -hmm. Nine, 10 games. Um, So that, you know, it's, you know, they are a very process-driven organization, and so I would be stunned if they made any type of change like that. I'm not disagreeing that changes in the offseason are warranted. Okay. Absolutely. All right. But when you're talking about in-season, you know, I'd be disingenuous if I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, they should, you know, they're going to do that. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that's, just not, that's just not how they think organizationally. Uh, they're very process-driven, and they don't, you know, they like sticking with what they do, right? Yeah. I mean, Kevin Stefanski does the same thing every week. The results are the same, but he does the Everything's same thing a, every week. See, Daryl, that's the problem, too. I mean, we haven't heard anything from Jimmy and D. Haslam or anybody in the front office. You're not going to. You're okay. not going to hear anything from ownership. They, they, they're staying in the background, mm, okay. They all, and, and that's not unusual. They always do. Okay. They talk one time during training camp, and then we don't hear from them for an entire year unless they made changes in the off season or it's the owners uh, down at the owners meetings, they'll, they'll sit down with the, the beat writers that travel with the team and, and whatnot. Uh, otherwise they stay in the background. You will hear from Andrew Barry during the bye week though, that I can promise you. All right. How hot is the seat that he's sitting on Daryl that, okay, here are the players that were given to Stefanski to woods, uh, Stefanski who runs the offense and prefer on special teams. And maybe the talent isn't as good as we thought it was. So how hot is the seat in that front office? Uh, well, I mean, right now it's not very hot. I mean, uh, Look, uh, there's no question John Dorsey brought more impact players in in two years than Andrew Barry has in three. Um, and one of those impact players that he gave up three years of drafts for is, isn't allowed to play for, you know, right. for the first 11 games. So that's on Andrew Barry. Like, this is, this is what, you know, he decided to do. Now, um, there's the thought that Kevin Stefanski has a mulligan no matter what. I'll be honest with you that with the way this has gone, this isn't a because Deshaun Watson is not playing problem for the Browns. This is a coaching malpractice, players not doing what the coaches, you know, want them to do and, and things like, you know, prep, whatever, however you want to phrase it, right? Um, there's tangible reason to fire Kevin Stefanski at the end of the year if this continues to go this way. And there's tangible reason to fire Andrew Barry at the end of the year if things continue to go this way because. Uh, you know, my thing with Barry is he will cut a better veteran just so he can keep one of his draft picks. Mm-hmm. He's he in three years, uh, non-injured reserve related. Only one player is no longer uh, associated with the organization, and that's Richard LeCount. That's it. Wow. Every other draft pick is either on the roster or uh, on injured reserve. Uh, because Andrew Barry refuses to have an honest assessment about his draft picks. And that's, that's a bad GM. That's a bad football executive. And um, like I said, I'm not the least bit impressed with the work that Andrew Barry has done these last two years. Yeah, Jadavian Clowney getting him, that was good. 
Mari Cooper, that was a good pickup. They totally mismanaged the Baker Mayfield situation. They totally managed the Odell Beckham Jr. situation because that building, for whatever reason, they can't get along. They, not, that, they don't know how to deal with problems. They don't know how to deal with conflict. They don't know how to deal with personalities. and pe- like They lack people skills in that building. And, um, and it has been to their detriment. And so just for a variety of reasons, you know, Barry's acquisitions haven't been great and he's not been able to deal effectively with difficult situations. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, I, I can't look at his draft picks and be like, man, he drafted a couple pro bowlers here. There isn't one guy that he has drafted in three years where I'm like, that guy's going to be a pro bowler. He's got guys, he's got guys that he's drafted that they're starting because, well, they need to start. Right, because he drafted them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I asked how hot is the seat, Daryl, because I agree with you. Because the biggest mistake I- they made was firing John Dorsey. Yes, I know he hired Freddie Kitchens, right. and that was just a cluster you-know-what. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, again, not knowing how to handle people, not knowing how to handle situations delicately, right? You could you know, that, that's on the Haslam's for not keeping John Dorsey and getting another coach in here to work with John. Because John, you knew when he brought guys in, and, you know, again, he didn't always bring in choir boys, he was, you know, but he, he, that guy can play, that guy can play. That, like, you, you know, you know, all these guys Andrew Berry's drafted, it's, well, that's a project, that's a project, that guy's a project, that guy's a project, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, I just, you know, when you're in the business of winning now, you shouldn't be drafting projects. I don't Darryl, disagree. I, I want to ask you a question about football in general. I mean, obviously, it's a cliched game. We hear things in terminology like discipline and leadership and lack of, and a lot of times it results in the type of play that we're seeing right now at 2-5. and five. Now, whether or not it's a head coach or if it's a player on the field, is it overrated because this team lacks discipline and leadership, or is this just the National Football League? Well, uh, you know, it's funny they got everyone. You know, they got all these leaders, but none of them lead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, that's, I, I, you know, winning, you know, cures all and whatnot, and they're not winning. So when you're not winning, that frustrations boil over. I guess you had guys in Baltimore yelling at each other in the locker room after the game and stuff. And my response is what took so long. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, you've had that. Last week, it was John Johnson talking about lack of commitment. Uh, you had Miles Garrett talking about will and want to the week before, right? I mean, these are all very negative signs and indications that things are falling apart and not going well. And uh, so none of this is a surprise to me. Uh, You know, I've been around enough locker rooms. I can tell when you have it and you don't. And this team doesn't have it, you know, whether that's leadership, whether that's inherent chemistry. I mean, how many times have we got to look at defensive players all staring at each other? Like, was that you or is that me? You know, after big, after giving up big plays, Um, if you have that natural, you know, chemistry and whatever, like those aren't issues. Everyone knows what they're going to, you know, do, and they're counting on and believing that those guys are doing what they're supposed to do. Clearly, these players don't believe in each other because 
that's all we hear about. Well, you got to stick to your assignments. Just do your job. Don't play hero ball and stuff like that. And what, but what's happening? Guys are trying to play hero ball. They're trying to cover for their teammates and this, that, and the other. And then, you know, little things become big things. Now, wasn't as big of a deal last week in uh, Baltimore, but just overall in the first part of the season, it's been a big thing. So, you know, I, I don't know what makes uh, a leader uh, at, at the pro level. Um, but I, I just know that uh, the Browns might have leaders, but they don't have effective leaders. And that ultimately, I think, makes a pretty big difference. Daryl Ryder, our guest Browns beat reporter, talking about the 2-5 and five Browns who are at home Monday night against the Cincinnati Bengals on Halloween night. Daryl, safe to say this is a must win, and if they lose this one, is the season uh, stick a fork in them at 2-6 and six going into the bye week? Well, I put the fork in them Sunday. So. Did you? Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, you know, I'd be, normally at this time of year I'd be scouting who the first-round draft pick would be, but can't even do that this year. Now it's, uh, you know, what pick the Houston Texans are getting. Um, you know, they're, they're going to get two top 15 draft picks from the Cleveland Browns for Deshaun Watson, plus have another uh, first-round pick coming their way before this whole thing's done. And, and, again, that's why I think it's important that they get these draft assets so that maybe they can trade up into the second round, you know, get another second-round pick or something or, um, you know, just because they they need a lot of help. Um, you know, this front office went all in on a roster that just isn't as good as it thought it was, and and now all the warts are showing, and you're realizing all all the work that has to be done uh, to get this team where it needs to be. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a must win every week. It's a must win. Uh, I I have said there's no there's no use of the p word uh, in any context. Uh, until the Browns get back to 500 this year, um, because I just think it's wasted breath. It's not realistic. Darryl, um, they're out of it, and that, I mean that's just where they're at. Daryl, realistically, and he wanted to be traded before the season started. I don't know what his thoughts are now. Kareem Hunt goes out on if, if they wanted to trade Kareem Hunt. Realistically, and oh, if, I said yeah, I said yeah. I mean, he was one of the guys that said they should consider trading. Absolutely. So what they I'm don't thinking, use them anyway, right? So, what, so, the, so my question is going to be this. If you didn't get draft capital and you wanted to trade Kareem Hunt, could you go to a Denver and maybe try to do a deal for a Jared Judy? Or uh, is that his first name? Judy, the wide receiver at Denver. I mean, you have a hole for a number two wide out. Could you, tra- even though he was a he was a first round draft pick, could you trade a Kareem Hunt for I believe his name is Jerry, Jerry Judy. Judy from Denver? They're looking to move him possibly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would make sense to go piece for a piece if you can't get a, a really good uh, draft pick. And again, yeah, the reason they have a problem at wide receiver is because the GM decided that Anthony Schwartz was good, that Donovan, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones has been good. So, like, you got to give Barry credit there. I mean, Peoples Jones is producing when his number gets called. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, they went all in on these kids. And how many times did we talk about in the off season when I was like, well, they, they got Amari Cooper and they got a bunch of kids and I don't know what they have behind, behind Coop, but we're going to find out. Well, turns out they got Donovan Peoples Jones and that's about it behind Amari Cooper uh, at that particular position. That's on the GM. Like right. that's just bad roster man. That's bad roster management. Sorry. 
I don't disagree with everything you've said today, right. Daryl. Right on the money, and uh, we'll see how this thing goes on Monday night uh, against the Bengals and then at the trading deadline, and uh, then we'll catch up with you a little bit uh, further on down the road after all those things uh, are settled on, and we'll see where the Browns are and what moves they made. D, we always appreciate the time and the insight. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk again later, all right? You bet, guys. Thanks for having me. Daryl Ryder, Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan. Browns Radio Network, follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Writer